Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and the development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We have finally reached 1968. That's the year my parents got married. Aww. Isn't it? We'll have to see if there's anything that published around about the day, and I can tell my mum and she won't be remotely interested. That'll be fun. <laughs> so yes, the comic we're doing today, in our little journey around the multiverse, was published on the 2nd of January 1968, partway through the original broadcast of the Doctor Who story, The Enemy of the World, mm-hmm. and partway through the Beatles' reign at the number one spot in the British charts with Hello Goodbye! So there you go, listeners, some cultural milestones there for, for context. Yes. So, yes, as I may not have said already, today we are doing a story from issue 145 of Superboy. Delighted that we're doing another Superboy story, because we love Superboy, don't we? Oh, yes, absolutely. The Adventures of Superman as a boy. Yep. Quite an early episode, we did a couple of parallel universe stories that involved Superboy and one involved the Legion. There's an uncomplicated innocence, mm-hmm. but I don't, when I say uncomplicated, I don't mean simplistic. There's an uncomplicated innocence about Superboy stories that I just lap them up. There's a purity to them, do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Entirely agree. Good, I'm glad. So we're doing, yes, we're doing Superboy 145. It's our fifth Neil Adams cover. I'm sure you'd be delighted to know <laughs> I'm keeping track if it kills me. PC, do you want to tell everyone what's happening on the front of this magnificent magazine? Certainly shall. We are inside the Kent's house mm. and we see Superboy and he's looking shocked. He's walked into a room and you've got man Pa Kent who are both looking in mirrors. Their faces are obscured. We can only really see one of their eyes each. Mm. And Pa Kent is saying, Son, I can't believe what I see in the mirror. You must change us back to normal. And Superboy is thinking, How can I tell Mom and Dad that the change is permanent? And there's a caption at the bottom that says, Yes, readers, from this day on, Superboy's parents will live with the Fantastic Faces. Fantastic Faces. Is that not Rod Stewart's band? It's a tribute band. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, right, so we'll jump straight in. The opening splash panel has the Superboy logo at the top, orange against the green background, with a little sub-box that says The Adventure of Superman When He Was a Boy. We see Superboy holding a nice hinged open frame that has a nice portrait of his adoptive Smallville parents. And he's saying, These are the faces of Mom and Dad Kent. Take a good look at them. You'll never see them again. And we have a caption underneath that says, Superboy is giving it to you straight. In this story, his foster parents' features will be incredibly altered for always. And we guarantee you'll never forget the astonishing revelation of... The The Fantastic fantastic Faces! We leap straight into it. One evening on the world Thrax, in another dimension, families tune their giant wall-sized picture screens to the premiere of a new show. Yes, we see a very futuristic-looking family, it must be said, going by their clothes. And the mother sat in a chair, kids sat on a big couch beside her, and father wearing shorts, and he's adjusting the buttons on their massive big wall screen telly. And big wall screen telly shows an image of Superboy and there's some alien looking text over it. Not quite interlock, but a bit similar. And there's some narration over these images. Greetings up to viewers from Galaxo Movie Studios comes an amazing new character we call the Superboy of Earth. He flies! The second panel, which is rounded off to show that it's on a TV screen, shows him carrying a very large statue, almost a Buddha-like figure. We can see the word museum behind him. The TV voice says, 
He lifts huge weights with ease. Very helpfully, the TV voice tells us what happens in the next panel. He bends steel girders and forges them into giant chains with his heat vision. And in the fourth panel, page two, we see Superboy punching a couple of hoods who've obviously just stolen some money because you can see their bag and their gun flying everywhere. Money's falling out the bag. Punching them back into a tank which breaks under the force. That's really going to hurt. And the TV voice says... He stops criminals, even if they travel in powerful tanks. So there we have it. We're in another dimension on the world Thrax. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, top of page three, the TV voice continues over an image of Man Pa Kent and Superboy, who's in the process of changing back into Clark Kent. And the TV voice says, And in his other identity, Superboy is secretly Clark Kent, foster son of Jonathan and Martha Kent. Folks, if you like this new Opti screen show, write in and tell us. Yes, and so we're with the audience, father and son. The little boy's delighted. He exclaims, It's great! His dad replies, Hmm, yes, except for one thing. I'll write in with the electro stylus and let them know what I think. And we see him writing out, as he says, with his electro stylus on a screen. It reminds me, I can't remember what it was called. Do you remember that child's toy where you could attach a pencil and... Spirograph. Yes, Spirograph. Basically, it would let you copy mm-hmm. an image by sort of tracing it around. It looks like he's got a Spirograph. He's writing on a screen, and again, it's this weird alien text. So this, I suppose, is him tweeting his views, I suppose, or... Emailing the studio. Yeah, emailing the studio or emailing the Radio Times or whatever. We have a caption in for panel three of page three, and it says... At the data receiving centre... We see a few people at work. There's someone behind the screen with headphones on speaking into a microphone. There's a gentleman at the front carrying a box full of scrolls by the look of it. There's another guy behind him putting scrolls into a box. And there's another guy stood in a little, very charming little set of steps who's taking these scrolls. I guess they must be printing out. Mm-hmm. The viewers write them on the electro stylus and they get printed out at the data receiving centre. And this chap on top of the stairs is taking scrolls out of this gizmo on the wall and he's saying... The messages are pouring in about the Superboy of Earth. They all have the same criticism about that new hero created and filmed by Galaxo Movie Studio. Caption name for the next panel says, Superboy, a fictional created character? What comes off here? The answer lies behind the locked doors of Galaxo Movie Studios. Yes, we have an exterior shot of Galaxo Movie Studios here. There's a flat aircraft hangar type building and reading up from it, almost a chimney. It's a very tall tower, the dome at the top and lots of windows. You can see that a fence surrounds the movie studios and there's a sign pinned to the gate. We get some dialogue coming from inside the building and we're about to meet Jolax. And we hear Jolax saying... Keep out, the sign says. Everyone thinks my studio is a beehive of activity, filming the sets and actors for my new superhero epic. And then the final panel, page three, we're inside with Jolax and his assistant Maya, and they're beholding what looks like a giant telescope-type device, which is poking out of a hole in the roof at the dome at the top of the tower. Jolax continues by saying, But actually, the place is empty except for my super space camera with telescopic lenses which can peer into another dimension. So we arrive at the top of page four, and the first panel we see Jolax operating the equipment, and he's saying... Actors, sets, stagehands, cameramen, special effects, who needs them? I save all that money by filming real events. I'm brilliant. Say I'm brilliant, Maya. We should probably describe our two characters here at this point. Jolax, sort of middle-aged looking man, very neat black hair, very neat black moustache, wearing a brown tunic. And there's a slightly Tudor sense to the shape of the, the yellow underpants that seem to be over the top of his brown trousers. Mm-hmm. Maya is wearing a red 
outfit, shorts and a tight-fitting blouse. She's very short, stylized, blonde hair. And in this panel, she's applying some makeup. So Jolax, obviously, has asked her to say that he's brilliant. She replies, I might as well. I have nothing else to do since you'll no longer need me as a script girl. Yes, Jolax, you are brilliant. So Jolax then continues in the next panel. No script, no script girl. And Superboy writes his own superscript and plays the lead. Ah, camera action. Superboy is doing another super feat, building a new pier. And we see, presumably on the little screen that Jolax is looking at, it's a short Superboy with a massive big wooden mallet, hammering what looks like giant pegs into the ground through the ocean. And Jolax continues. I'll photograph this for another cost-free episode in my new Opti show. So the caption for panel three of page four says, Later, as Jolax and Maya board an elevator. We see them inside a big glass cabinet, which doesn't appear to be operating in the way that we would expect it to with cables and stuff. It seems to be just pushed up by a bolt of energy. It's like it's burst out of an open hatchway. It's very interesting. So we can see them inside. Maya is saying, Time for lunch, Jolax. I have no appetite, Maya. You know we're meeting some big tycoons in the Sky Room. Will they sponsor my Superboy show? Will my superb scheme work passing off real-life action as a studio production? Now, they presumably arrived at the Sky Room in the final panel of page four, standing under a dome and some chairs around. Did I mention that Jolax wears a yellow berry? I suppose he looks very stereotypical film director. Anyway, hovering into view, arriving above them, are the tycoons who they're meeting for lunch. There's a guy in a red outfit with a moustache flying a little green, almost like a little tiny one-man spaceship. There's another older, balder chap with white hair and a blue suit flying a little red one-man spaceship. And there's another guy in a purple outfit flying a yellow little one-man spaceship. They put me in mind of the, the little device Doibie Dickles was bombing about in, oh, yes. in Green Lantern issue 45. Yes. But they're just little, tiny little one-man space capsules, mm-hmm. you can probably imagine. So, the blue tycoon is arriving and saying into a little microphone that he's got in his hand inside his ship, By the jumping moons, Jolax, your new show was good! And then the chap in red in the green suit says, Great! By Nova! And the final chap in his little yellow speeding device says, Galactically terrific. And a delighted Jolax down on the ground says, They like it. Hooray. Awesome. So continued in third page following. Pass an advert. We pass that issue's letters page. And at the top of page five in the first panel, the tycoons, they're all inside now with Jolax. And a blue suit tycoon is holding up a photograph of Man Kent and Superboy. And he's continuing what you've seen before. Except for one thing, that is. All the Opti viewers say that Jonathan and Martha Kent look too old to have a teenage son like Superboy. Their children can't identify with Clark Kent. Jolax looks nervous and says, Too old? The three tycoons are making their exit. The guy in the blue outfit continues, But that's easily remedied. Before we sign a contract, you simply hire new younger actors to play the roles of Ma and Pa Kent. Jolax cries, Hire new actors? And he thinks, Great moonquakes, they don't know that's impossible. Now, there's quite a lot going on in the next panel. Jolax has now got his shirt off and he's face down on a table. This presumably must be the gym at yes. Galaxo Movie Studios. Maya seems to be operating equipment. It's like a little robotic massage device. Mm-hmm. Jolax is on the table, stretched out, and the robotic hands are doing the necessary on his back and shoulders. Maya says, Looks like you're in a real spot, Jolax. Maybe I can send a message to Clark Kent asking him to seek new and younger foster parents. No. He'd never agree to do it just to make my Opti show a success. But what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Next panel, Jolax is getting dressed again. You can see him fixing his massive yellow bow tie. He says to Maya, 
My big idea is falling right out of orbit. Maya points at the screen behind them, which has some text on it, and she's saying, Wait, see that Electro News headline? Planetoid Plunderer to be executed today. That gives me an idea. When we film the event for Opti News, you'll see what I have in mind. Okay, slow dissolve. Caption for panel 5 of page 5 says, At the jail, a strange execution occurs. Now we see Jolax and Maya sitting in the background watching this as a large, muscular, bald gentleman wearing blue trunks is manacled to a chair and a bald, bespectacled, tunic-wearing scientist is attending to him and there's a sort of prison guard chap in a blue uniform standing behind. It's interesting that in all the dimensions we've visited, policemen tend to wear blue uniforms. Yes, it's a multiversal constant. It must be. So, this prison guard is saying... Zero hour. The present criminal life of the planetoid plunderer hereby ends. Administer the youth serum, doctor. Yeah, and we can see the doctor has a bottle which he's basically feeding to the, the planetoid plunderer. And there's a very interesting effect that we see here as we're led into the final panel of page 5 as the planetoid plunderer starts to get younger. And the caption for the final panel, page 5, indeed says, As time ticks by... Yeah, because we see his hair growing back and his face growing younger. And instead of the large, bald, muscular man, it's now a very small child who's sitting on this chair. He's now free of the manacles. And the prison guard says, The planetoid plunderer has turned into a baby. Now he can start a new life with honest parents and avoid repeating his life of crime. Terry Thomas, I think, could be the inspiration here. Very much so. Jolax in the front of this panel and he's saying now out loud, Maya, that's it. We'll obtain some of the youth serum by saying we want to demonstrate its powers on animals over the opti screen. So, over the page then, top of page six, the caption of the first panel says, Back at the studio. And we can see that Jolax and Maya are back at the big space camera, the open hatch in the ceiling, and we can see Earth through the hatch. Jolax is saying, I converted my super space camera into a dimensional teletransporter. It will instantly send that bottle of serum to Earth. Once there, it will be changed back to its original form. And in panel two, the tiny caption says, And on Earth. And very helpfully, we get some see what you see dialogue from Jolax when he describes what's happening. My aim was perfect. The bottle materialised in the bottom of the well of the Kent's home in Smallville. The youth serum is spilling into the well water. Yep, that's what we see. In fact, you know, little ripples caused as the serum trickles out the bottle into the well. What could possibly happen next, I wonder? Mm. Mm. So, the caption for panel three says... Meanwhile, Superboy himself returns from a space job, and... Yep, this is a great panel showing Superboy flying up through the hatch in the, the floor at the Kent house. Pa Kent is sweeping up, and young Clark flies through the hatch, bearing a large, large, very well-coloured, actually, very well-rendered prismatic jewel. He's saying, Hi, Dad. Look at this terrific trophy I picked up in the asteroid belt. And Pa says, Amazing, son. A strange glowing jewel. The next panel, Superboy's getting changed in his Clark Kent clothes. Martha enters and Pa Kent says, Look at this, Martha. Martha's bearing a little tray with some lemonade on it. And she says, It's beautiful. But here, have some lemonade. I just made it with fresh cold well water. Uh-oh. Caption then for the final panel of page six. The dimensional peeping Tom has been watching in his super telescope and... Yep, this panel shows... Jolax and Maya watching the Kents get into bed <laughs> on their little viewing screen. Jolax looks delighted and says, 
They all drank the lemonade made with the Dr. Dwell water. Superboy is invulnerable, so it won't affect him, but his foster parents will wake up 20 years younger. I diluted the youth serum so they wouldn't turn into babies. Top of page 7 now, caption for the first panel. Next morning. And here we are, the arrival of the Fantastic Faces, the detail that we didn't want to spoil from the cover. We can see that Martha Kent and Pa Kent have been greatly reduced in age. Martha looks slimmer, trimmer, a bit more vital. Here's dark brown again. Pa looks a lot slimmer, stronger, a few less lines on his face. His hair's brown again also. And Martha is standing looking at a mirror, very surprised obviously, and she's saying, Lance, six! What happened to us overnight? You must have done this to us, Clark. Clark's making his entrance, very smartly dressed, and he says, Dad! Mom! Why, you're both younger! It's not possible unless... Wait! I know! Follow me! In panel 2, page 7, Clark is holding the big fancy jewel that he picked up in the asteroid belt, and he's saying, It must be the space trophy I brought yesterday. Somehow, its peculiar rays must have acted like the fountain of youth on you two. Martha's brushing her hair, and she says, Don't fret, son. I like being younger, but I suppose it'll only be a temporary effect... Sigh. In the next panel, we're back with Jolax and Maya, back at their big telescope. Jolax is saying, No, they'll find out it's a permanent. I'll start taking movies to prove to the sponsors that I hired young new actors for the Kent's roles. <laughs> Turn on the movie camera, Maya. Righty. Caption for panel four, page seven, says, A problem soon faces the Kent household. We're sort of outside the Kent household now, looking through the window. A very pain-looking Clark Kent, with man and pa. Clark is saying, Gosh, if anyone drops in and sees you both looking so young, they'll figure only Superboy could have done it. My secret identity is in danger. Pa says, Then let's take a vacation and leave town. Martha's in the background of the panel, with her chest open. She's obviously going through some clothes, and she says, I'll alter the clothes we wore 20 years ago, Jonathan. They're out of style now, but I can fix that. Caption for panel five. Later. And they've obviously been in the car, gone on a little journey. We can see a couple of suitcases strapped to the top. And the Kents are getting out of the car as in the front of the panel. Clark is getting changed to Superboy. Pa Kent is saying, Hot dog. Here's an ideal spot, but there are no living quarters. Let me take care of that, Dad. As Superboy. My hand will do for an axe. One comfortable cabana coming up. And we see Superboy swiping his hand, cutting down a tree in one fell swoop. There we go. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. Top of page 8 now. The caption for the first panel says, There follows for Superboy and his foster parents one of the most enjoyable periods of their lives. This is a great fun panel showing Superboy playing tennis with both of his parents at the same time. Superboy's saying, This is great fun, using two balls to play a game with each of you at the same time. Pa Kent says, My score with Superboy is 40 love. And Ma says, don't confuse me, Jonathan. Mine is 15 all. The next panel, there's quite a lot going on. We can see what's presumably the new house that Superboy built in the background, and there's a massive fishing rod being operated by Superboy and Parkent. Superboy's saying, The shore is only a few miles away. It's easy to fish there with this giant rod and reel I made. I'll help you pull it in, Dad. And Parkent says, Well, I'll be switched. A nice big sailfish this time. Yep, see a massive big fish that they've managed to hook. Wow. And in the caption for panel three says, But as time passes... This is a fun panel. Might stick this one in the socials. Pa Kent's doing press-ups. Mm-hmm. Mm. And as he does so, he's saying, 47, 48, <laughs> 49, 
push-ups like I used to do years ago. And Martha's got the record player on in the background and she's dancing away and she's singing, Beat me, Daddy! Eight to the bar! Interesting. And Clark's in the foreground of this panel and he's observing, There are no signs that the youth jewel's influence is wearing off. Do you suppose you two will stay young? Martha says in the next panel, I'd love it, except we can never return to Smallville. Pa Kent says, We can't face our friends with young faces and jeopardise Clark's secret identity as Superboy. Yes, an extreme close-up of Clark looking very worried to round out this panel and he says, Will I never be able to go to Smallville High again? And we have a closing caption that says, That's a good question, Clark, but the answer lies in another dimension. We'll see if we can find the answer in part two. Continued in third page following, we get an advert for Tomahawk. I wish there was an issue of Tomahawk where they went into a parallel universe. I'd love to do an issue of Tomahawk. Mm. We have a full page advertisement for Action Comics 360 and 80 page giant. And then we arrive top of page nine and a little fancy caption box that says, Part, part two, two, Superboy's Fountain, Fountain of, of Youth. And it shows an illustration of Superboy holding a glass of liquid. There's a couple of elderly people on the left and a couple of younger looking people on the right. What could be going on here? Mm. So, back into the story. The caption for the first proper panel, page 9, says, Late that night, under cover of darkness, the Kent family returns home. Yep, they're out the car, walking back to their house, Martha's saying, But when the neighbours see Jonathan and me looking young, they might suspect you're Superboy, Clark. And Clark says, Don't worry, Mom, I'll whip up some disguise. Why would the neighbours automatically think Superboy was involved? Because it's Smallville and something weird has happened? Mm, I suppose that's reasonable. Okay. Caption for panel 2, page 9, says, with all the super skill at his command, Clark works in his basement lab, and soon... Yes, in the foreground of this panel, we suddenly see an older-looking version of Jonathan Kent again. That's because he's put on a mask. You can see it stretching as he pulls on his face. And Clark is saying, These wax old-age masks will cover your young faces. And Martha says, Clever, son. We'll wear them in public and nobody will guess we're the same old Jonathan and Martha. Caption in for panel three. Next day, as the Kents are having a backyard barbecue, Lana Lang drops in. Yep, Lana arrives, waving a piece of paper. Very Neville Chamberlain. And she's saying, Would you sign this petition for me, Mr. and Mrs. Kent? It's a request to enlarge Smallville High Campus. You can see the barbecue going on. Clark is sat in the chair, looking. <laughs> he actually looks older than his parents. He does, yes. Relaxing. Reading the uh, paper. Yeah. Martha's preparing plates. Jonathan's working the food. And as he's sat there, Clark is thinking, The masks passed the big test. They fooled Lana completely. Okay, caption for the next panel. But a moment later... Yes, we see the foreground of the panel. The Kents, well, it looks it looks so they're sweating. You can see that Martha's signing the petition. Lana turns to look back at Clark. Lana says, The cooking smells delicious, Clark. Yeah, but Clark has noticed what looks like sweat on his parents' faces, and he thinks, But the fire is too hot. Mom and Dad's masks are starting to melt. In the final panel of page nine now then, Martha suddenly puts her hands to her chest and she says, Brr, I feel a sudden chill. And that's because, well, Clark is thinking, yes, because I'm using my super breath to cool her mask and dad's until Lana leaves. And we see indication that Clark is blowing coolier towards his parents. Over the page now to page 10, and a caption for the first panel says, When the Kents are alone again, and Clark explains... They're taking off their masks, and it's quite horrific, actually, because it looks though Jonathan is just holding his own head. Mm. Jonathan Kent says, That was close, son. Right, Dad, but sooner or later, those masks will be exposed. Hmm. Clark looks very thoughtful here. You'd have no reason to hide your faces if you weren't the only ones whose youth was restored. 
The next panel, he's holding that big jewel that he found earlier, and he's saying, So why not use the space jewel on other oldsters? Jonathan has taken hold of the jewel in panel three, and he says, Great idea, son. Then we'll just be part of the crowd. Clark's getting changed back into Superboy behind him, and he's saying, Exactly. I'll switch identities and get started right away. Captain then for panel four. Later on patrol. As we see a poor little dog scavenging in this panel. Aw. Superboy flies down over him, bearing the jewel, and he's thinking, First, I'll test whether the jewel's youth rays are still working. I'll turn that poor old dog into a young pup. However, Clark's thought dialogue continues in the next panel. Huh, it didn't work, but wait. And he's having a little flashback thought bubble where we can see an illustration of what he continues to think about. While Mom and Dad examined my space jewel, they were drinking lemonade made from fresh well water. Caption for the final panel of page 10. Soon at the Kent's well. Yep. Superboy is looking down into the well and it's been drawn so that we can see an empty floating bottle. Very clever use of his x-ray vision. Superboy's thinking, Aha! My x-ray vision shows that our well water was doped with a youth serum from that empty bottle. But who on earth did it? Caption for the first panel, page 11. Nobody on earth, Superboy. It was Jolax, the scheming TV producer on the planet Thrax. Yes, we're back with Jolax and his tycoons, and they're watching television. And we can see the Kents, now the younger versions of the Kents, <laughs> Jonathan, jumping into there and clicking his heels in the kitchen as Martha is at the dishes. Superboy flying in the window, and Blue Suit Tycoon is saying, Not bad, Jolax. The new young actors you hire to play Superboy's parents do a great job. And delighted Jolax, operating his equipment behind the Blue Suit Tycoon, says, Then you're ready to sponsor the show? And the three tycoons make another exit in panel two. Blue Suit Tycoon saying, We'll let you know for sure in a few days. Can't make any snap judgments, you know. And then Purple Suit Tycoon says, But we were very much impressed. And a delighted Jolak says, Thank you. I'll be waiting to hear from you. Well, caption for panel 3 of page 11 says, Meanwhile, on Earth... We're back at the Kent's kitchen. Superboy standing in front of an open refrigerator, holding the jug, which had the lemonade in it, and he's saying to his parents, Good. Some of the lemonade is left. You see, folks, this is what turned you young. Pa Kent says, But there's only enough left for a few other old people, and how can we get them to drink it without arousing suspicion? Soups has had an idea in the next panel. He's a finger raised and he's saying, I suggest you hold an old-timers party for a few friends I have in mind. Mom, you write out the invitations and I'll deliver them. And we can see that Martha's straight onto it. She's got the envelopes out. She's already writing out the first invitation. So... Page 11 concludes, the final caption for the final panel says, Later, at another home, a sad scene takes place. Yes, this is quite sad, very poignant. See an elderly gentleman in a purple suit in a wheelchair being wheeled away by a younger man in a blue suit. And behind him, leaving this house, is an older woman and a younger lady with her. And the older woman is saying, So, do we have to go to the old people's home? And her niece replies, Yes, auntie. You'll be well treated there, and you and Uncle won't be a burden to uh, anyone. Uh, I'll see if there's any mail for you in the mailbox. Yes, we can see she's checking and she's found the invitation. Because we arrive at the top of page 12, and we get a nice shot of Auntie reading the invitation, and she's saying, Oh, please, can't we attend this one last party with our friends? And the niece says, Well, all right, Auntie, we'll pick you up afterward. We can just about read the invitation and it says, Dear Abigail, and we think it says Herbert Blaine, you're invited to an intimate old-timers party, in inverted commas and underlined, in our backyard this afternoon. Martha and Jonathan Kent. Okay, well, there we are. 
caption for panel 2, page 12, says, Elsewhere at the house of one-time prizefighter K.O. Kelly. Yeah, we see K.O. Kelly with his boxing gloves on. There's a punch bag fastened to the ceiling. He's striking at it. There's a couple of young boys with him. They're not taking him too seriously, it must be said. Kelly swings a punch at the punch bag and says, Watch, kids. Here's how I flattened Rocky Murch in the first round. Ah, oh, oomph, one of the boys says. <laughs> you missed again, K.O. Why don't you give up? The boys take their leave in the next panel. Walking away and one of them is waving and says, He always forget it's been 40 years since you were the heavyweight champ. And Kelly has found an envelope in his mailbox. And he's looking at the envelope and he's thinking, He's right. Today I'm just a has-been. Too old and weak to box my own shadow. Hmm, what's this? Something from the Kents. Captured for panel four, says. Last of all, a super mailman makes his delivery to an old crone on a street corner. There's a real poignancy to this story, I think, in some ways, actually. Mm. It's kicking in. There's an elderly lady wheeling along a big barrel of apples. Soups has whooshed down and left her with an envelope. The two women on the street walking past the lady with the barrel, and one of them says... I've heard old Apple Annie hint at some secret in her past, but she'll never tell what it is. And the other woman says, <laughs> She was probably jilted when she was young. If she was as ugly as she is now, gosh, that's a bit harsh. Mm. So, panel 5, page 12, see the Apple Annie, bless her, has opened her invitation. She's reading it and she's thinking, I can guess what they're whispering about. Would they be flabbergasted if they knew my secrets? Well... Perhaps this party will cheer me up. And in the caption of the final panel of page 12 says, Just before the guests arrive. The Kents are making the preparations. You can see the table with some food laid out. There's a couple of glasses for the lemonade. Martha's holding the jug. Martha's pulling her mask into place. And Superboy takes to the sky, carrying what looks like a cauldron. And he's saying, Right after the guests drink the lemonade, I'll pull my big act. Then when the others start to change, you slip off your masks and pretend you suddenly became young too. Pa Kent says, Check. After your act, no one will suspect the lemonade was responsible. Awesome. Okay, so now we arrive at the top of page 13. But the first guest is uninvited. Yes. What we see here is a couple of hands reaching through the bush, the hedge, whatever you want to call it, surrounding the, the Kent's backyard. And it's grabbing one of the burgers that Martha's prepared and one of the glasses of lemonade. Uh-oh. And a thought bubble from this person says, Man, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in three days since I broke jail in Metropolis. Ah, food and drink, just what I need. Next panel, he sat cross-legged, and we can see it's an older-looking gentleman, but down his luck, patches in his trousers, wearing an old battered, very doiby style hat. He's got straggly grey hair, unshaven face, an old t-shirt, a battered jacket, and he sat cross-legged now, eating the burger in the bun, drinking the lemonade, and he's thinking... No, sir. They couldn't keep tightrope tailor behind bars. Old as I am, I don't hanker to spend the rest of my life in the pen. Mmm, this lemonade is good. And tightrope tailor seems to be a very appropriate name, because as we move to the next panel, he has a very helpful thought bubble which tells us what we're seeing. I never lost my tightrope walking skill. By taking this clothesline route, I've left no footprints behind me. Nothing to tell the cops which way I went. <laughs> yep, because he's walking along a clothesline, presumably escaping from the Kents, moving on to the next house so he can make his getaway after having had something to eat. Bless him. Right, caption for the final panel of page 13 says, Back at the party when the other guests have arrived. So from left to right in this panel, we see Martha sat in a chair, 
Uncle, who we met earlier in his purple suit and his wheelchair, K.O. Kelly, wearing a blue suit, Pa Kent, and Apple Annie, who sat in a chair, and Auntie, who's just beyond Annie. And then Uncle exclaims from his wheelchair, Look, a comet! And sure enough, there's what looks like a comet flying past. Very, very low, it must be said. Mm. I'm surprised that you know they didn't get singed there, to be honest. Bright burning, leaving a big trail of orange and yellow fire. K.O. Kelly observes, Its tail is brushing over us! From a chair, Apalani says, I hope it won't have any harmful effects. Over the page then to page 14. No danger, this is really a harmless human comet. And we see Superboy flying up into the air with the cauldron that we saw him with earlier. And very helpfully he's thinking, This part of luminescent chemicals creates a glowing tail behind me, making it appear that a brilliant comet is passing overhead. The youth effect will be attributed to the comet. Yeah, and it's a great panel, actually, this. Showing him tipping out the luminescent chemicals from his cauldron. Very effective. The captioning for panel two. And some time later... Yeah, we're back at the party. And the effects of the lemonade have been felt by everyone else. We see Apollani and Auntie. They both look very young. Keo Kelly's hair is red again. Uncle has got black hair. He's dropped his glass as he's taken his glasses off. Very surprised. Auntie is saying, Great heavens! My face feels so smooth! As though I were young again! Pa Kent! And Martha, we can see that they are discarding their masks into the bush behind them. Pa Kent is waving and saying, You are young. We all are. What a miracle. It must have been that comet, don't you think so? <laughs> the caption for panel three. When the Blaine's relatives arrive. Yes, niece and her money-grabbing husband have arrived to take them off to the old folks' home so they can get all their cash. They've arrived and look very surprised as we can see that Uncle and Auntie are dancing a whirl. The niece exclaims, Auntie and Uncle, we've come to... Good heavens! What's happened to you? And as they dance, Uncle says, We've just got a new lease on life, honey. Jonathan, put on some faster dance music. <laughs> we see the record player in front of them. Play yeah. some Venga Boys. <laughs> yeah, he's going to stick on the Prodigy, get some Orbital on, some dancing. Amazing. Maybe it's Scottish country dancing music. Perhaps. Panel 4 is some amazing action, it must be said. We can see Uncle trashing his wheelchair. Auntie's ripping up a piece of paper, and as she does so, she says, Goodbye, admittance papers to the old folks' home. We sure wouldn't fit in there now that we're young again. Superboy's arrived back at the house, and he's leaning round the shed, watching this, and he's thinking, I figured that old couple deserved to be included among the few who got their youth back. Good on you, Clark. And the next panel shows him kicking in on K.O. Kelly, who's having a go at a punch bag. Superboy's thinking, and that prize fighter is getting a second chance in life too. And delighted K.O. Kelly is exclaiming, Oh boy, I have my old Sunday punch again. Who's a has-been? I'll make a comeback and challenge the champ. Yahoo! Fantastic. Top of page 15 then, caption of the first panel. As for the final oldster... Yeah, Apple Annie looks... Oof, must be said, she looks amazing. Pa Kent's exclaiming, Wait, now I remember you. You're Anna Grove, who came in third in the Miss USA Beauty Contest 35 years ago. Jonathan must have been a fan. Mm. Mm. She looks very, very striking. And Superboy is thinking, so that's the secret in old Apple Annie's life. And as Annie takes her leave in the next panel, Jonathan's watching her go, stroking his chin and saying, But I predict you'll win the next time. And a very angry Martha is pointing up and saying, Jonathan! Remember, you're married! Good grief, infidelity in the Kent household. Never thought such a thing could happen. So, panel three has a caption that says, But the most jubilant of all is Tightrope Taylor Escaped Criminal. 
Now, change in scenery here, we're outside the police station. A couple of officers, one of them is showing a photograph to his mate and saying, Here's a picture of that guy who broke jail in Metropolis. A real old geezer, tightrope tailor, in a traditional sort of tramping style, has all his belongings in a handkerchief on a stick over his shoulder. He's walking by and he's thinking, <laughs> I look so young, I can walk right past the cops. They'll never suspect I'm their man. <laughs> and the next panel, you see that Taylor's straight back into old habits as he makes his way along a telephone wire that crosses the street and he's thinking, But I need a steak. I'll do my old tightrope act and these wires to slip into that apartment and rob it. Since I'm not grounded, live wires can't shock me. However, caption for the next panel, but shortly, the boy of steel passes on his patrol and... Whooshes down, grabs hold of Taylor. Taylor exclaims, Yeah, Superboy! His hat goes flying, he's still managing to keep a hold of his bag of swag and Superboy says, Say, only tightrope Taylor used this method for housebreaking. Your fingerprints will prove your identity at the police station. And we turn the page to top of page 16. We're at the police station. Tightrope Taylor's getting booked and a more senior police officer is saying, Right, Superboy, the fingerprints check. I can't imagine how Tightrope turned young, but he goes right back to Metropolis Prison. <laughs> tightrope looks very pained and says, No, no, that's the worst thing that could happen to me. I'm a lifer. I'll have 40 more years ahead of me in the jug now that I'm young. Oh, <laughs> That's a shame. He looks very upset. Superboy flies out the window with a bag of swag thinking, In Tightrope's case, the youth serum was a curse. Well, I'll return the stolen jewels and repair the wire. Caption in for panel three. As Clark Kent looks over the next day's headline... Yep, see Clark looking at the Smallville news and he's thinking, It all worked out as we planned. No one will suspect that I faked the comet to cover what really caused the change. The Smallville news headline says, Comets rays mysteriously turn old people young. And the text continues, The miracle of renewed youth came to Abigail and Hobart... Blame, there we go, we thought it was Herbert, Hobart... Philip K. O'Kelly, Anna, Apple Annie Grove... Jonathan Martha Kent and Charles Tightrope Taylor, escaped convict. Well, we go, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. I wonder if any of them ever appear again. Maybe you and I, when we write our DC comic, can do something with them. Yes. But what about Jolax, listeners, you're probably wondering? Well, the caption for panel four of page 16 says, But in his own world, Jolax's plans have gone sour. As sour as lemonade without sugar. Jolax looking very pained, holding his hands up to his head as Blue Tycoon in front of him on a little TV screen is saying, We've come up with a better idea, Jolax. Start a new series about Superman. Then you can use the old parents. And a very pained Jolax is thinking, Great green moons! I have no way to turn the Kents old again or to make Superboy grow up. And we close with a lovely rendered panel of Clark Kent and his adoptive parents addressing the camera directly. And Clark saying, A final message from us readers. The youth serum's effect is permanent, and I wouldn't change mom and dad back if I could. Martha says, So from now on, we'll stay young. And Jonathan, holding her hand, says, Who's complaining? <laughs> the the end. end. Well then, listeners, a television producer from another dimension, that's justification for doing it, isn't it? It's a bit multiversy. Yes, plus this is quite, uh, it's quite the story. Absolutely packed. I really, really enjoyed it. I've said in the past how some of the, the Superman family stories that we've done have seemed a little bit disposable and insignificant, but that was really good. There was an awful lot to it. There's some interesting developments with the ageing of Man Pa Kent as well. Yeah, because they stay like that for a while, don't they? I've, I've prepared a gallery of other Kent family covers that follow on from this one to, to stick on the socials. Excellent. 
Interestingly, before this story, in Superman issue 161, which came out in 1963, there is a story about the death of Man Pa Kent. Right. And in it, they're portrayed as an old couple. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a virus from a pirate's treasure chest that kills him. Superboy thinks it's him due to time travel, but it's not. It's actually from the pirate's chest. Okay. But that story was actually reprinted in Superboy issue 165 from 1970, but they changed it. Right. They made the Kents young and it was redrawn. Oh, right. Well, the Kents were redrawn in the story, I should say, to look young. Interesting. So basically, it's just a retcon of that story, just done in the reprint format, which is really interesting. That is interesting. I mean, there was another story, issue 126, which I remember buying years ago, issue after the first appearance of Kid Psycho, Legion of Superheroes fans, ah. when Jonathan and Martha de-aged the teenagers. Mm-hmm. A story called The Wild Teenagers, that was published in 65, tail end of 65, and issue yeah. 126. It's not a new thing to play around with their ages in such a way. The de-aging's mentioned again in Superman's life story, the story from Action Comics 500 ah. as well. It's briefly mentioned there. So yeah, going forward from this, the Kents are portrayed as younger, but it's not always as consistent as a set age for them. Sometimes they're slightly yeah. older than their look here. As I say, I prepared a, a few covers with Kent parents involved from the subsequent issues published mm-hmm. just after this one. But you know, by the time they get to the new adventures of Superboy... In the 80s. ...which started after they split Superboy back in his own book and gave the Legion the mm-hmm. book themselves properly to know the number of Superboy... They still have brown hair. Mm-hmm. They're not as elderly, but they do look a little bit older. Yeah. Uh-huh. They don't look quite as vital. I'll put it that mm. way. Yeah. Maybe the effects of Jolax's serum wore off gradually and they revert maybe closer back to their original age, but not quite. It's weird. I mean, it's there's that whole thing about one of the big changes from the, the Silver Age to the, the post-crisis Superman thing was obviously the fact that his parents were alive post-crisis. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I remember as a sort of neophyte, hardcore DC fan it was a surprise to find out that in pre-crisis stuff the adult Superman mm-hmm. his parents were dead because I was used to them being around from having read John Burns Man of Steel and mm-hmm. everything that was happening in the contemporary sort of Superman comics at that yeah, point that post-crisis was a, that so was, was a really good change because obviously it gave him a confidant yeah and, and obviously you know, they were both quite prominent in the the Lois and Clark TV show. Mm-hmm. I do like the Kents, it must be said. The youthful thing, I wonder why they did it, really, in the comics. I mean, obviously, this storyline has done it, Joe Lacks doing it. I wonder if maybe they felt, maybe it was genuinely the case, did they maybe feel that the readers couldn't relate to Superboy because his parents, adoptive parents, were apparently older? Did they, was that maybe art reflecting life, do you think? Was that maybe the inspiration? Could be. I mean, let's be honest, they've kind of like been drawn as if they're Clark's grandparents. Yes. I mean, that was always the case. They always looked older. They didn't uh-huh. look like as if it was a young couple that had adopted them. They you know, looked yeah. like you know, a couple of elderly folk that had been looking after them. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I wanted to talk about was um, just how creepy Jolax was. Because, you know, there's one caption that refers to him as the galactic peeping Tom. Indeed. And who knows, was he preparing things for all sorts of markets? <laughs> well, what's he going to look at now that Superboy's not going to... You know, does he occasionally focus on, I don't know, someone's changing rooms or something? I don't know. It's 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 The, the mind boggles, quite frankly. I don't know why he doesn't just focus on a viewing of a movie from Earth and <laughs> uh, basically just pilot it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, 68, Planet of the Apes is going to be coming out fairly soon there you know uh-huh. you could do that kind of the man with no name trilogy yeah. that's that would look great and and that, his that's, anthrax that's a, that's a dig at me kids because um peter lemon the blu-rays ages ago and i've not watched them yet <laughs> i'm always fascinated with this sort of thing because presumably he's only got one camera that's focusing or does he mm. have other cameras that are getting multiple angles and close-up reaction well, shots it did seem like one giant telescope yeah so, so yeah. Or is he you know that that's the sort of thing you know from a cine literate point of view is it just <laughs> one shot that he's just sort of people i can't imagine the audience would be Maybe they're very unsophisticated, I don't know. They might just take it as his, as his aesthetic. 
That mm. may be, you know, his trademark. This is my trademark. You see, <laughs> we have one shot, one continuous shot. Focus on the action. You know, that's, that's Joe Wax. Everyone yeah. knows that's how Joe Wax operates, especially Maya. Yeah. <laughs> I think I got the sense that Maya was just fed up with him. It's interesting that we don't see Maya in the, the final panel there. She's probably quit by now, I think. The other thing I wanted to ask, it's a massive, massive bit of deductive reasoning that Superboy makes when he, when he sees the bottle and down the well with his x-ray vision, you know. Mm. My x-ray vision shows that our well water was doped with a youth serum from that empty bottle. But who, I mean, that's like he never finds out who did it. Yeah. And how did he know it was a youth serum? Is his x-ray vision given the ability to, you know, analyse chemicals? Well, maybe use his microscopic vision with it. and uh, he should have, Well, he should the... have said so. He's he's only young. He's only young. He, he can't find the right word. He should have clarified that at the time. <laughs> it's an interesting, fun little story. It's not quite multiversy, really, mm-hmm. but it's you know it, it's a game changer for the Kents. Yes, so yes, it's, it's important it's worth, covering. Worth mentioning, I suppose, from that point of view. But mm-hmm. also, it's not all multiple Earths with multiple versions of heroes. It's you know other dimensions. Mm-hmm. It certainly it would have been quite nice to maybe during Crisis and Infinite Earths to have Jolax and Maya. Mm-hmm. watching the destruction of another universe on their yeah. big fancy camera and then their own universe being destroyed. <laughs> Maybe when we write our DC comic, we'll do that. Perhaps. This is very much like the opposite of the Metal Men story that we did recently. Yes. Where you know, Will Magnus has got his dimensionoscope, or whatever it was called, to peer into other dimensions. This is literally the opposite of that, with mm. another dimension peering into us. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Yeah. And obviously things getting transported between them. Uh-huh. Yeah, I really like yeah. that. Yeah, of course, I mean, he, sent, he sent the bottle over and stuff, that's true. And both stories were written by Otto Binder. Ah, so they were interesting. Are. Otto was obviously thinking, what can I do with all this dimensional stuff mm-hmm. and make for an interesting podcast episode in 50-odd years' time? Yes. Thank Very you, nice Otto. Face, indeed, thank you, Otto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and let's be honest, we're, as we've said in the past, we, you know, we, we conjured it and we, we bent the rules so that we could do another Superboy story when we did the Rainbow Raiders. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can conjure it so we can mend the rules and do as many Superboy stories as we can, we're going to do it. It doesn't do any harm to mix things up occasionally. True. Should we take a look at the contemporary reader reaction? Yes, let's jump into the Smallville meal sack. Yeah, this is from issue 148. Yep. Which also is a Neil Adams cover, but I'm not going to include that in our count. A couple of letters that directly deal with the story that we covered. The first one goes like this. Dear editor, you've finally gone and done it. Done what? Written the best Superboy story I've seen in the three years I've been reading the mag. I was sure the Kent's youth would be only temporary, but to my surprise, it was permanent. Thank goodness. I was getting so sick of those stories in which something spectacular happens, but it turns out to be a dream or a hoax. Congratulations on having the guts to make a change. And that's from Charlene O'Connor, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And the editorial response is... Probably no story in the history of this magazine has brought in such a flood of comments as the fantastic faces... Here are some other reactions, pro and con, among the thousands we received. Dear Editor, I'm a sophomore at Brandis University and have been enjoying comics for years. Recently, I have become extremely interested in the sociology of comics as he attempts to mirror our changing society. The transformation of Man Pack End and Superboy is a typical example, in my opinion, the saddest example to date. In a world that speaks in terms of youth, the beauty of age has been completely overlooked. Women, ashamed of grey hairs, dye their locks until death. Men wear wigs to hide their baldness. In fact, people over 30 are considered worthless. By rejuvenating the Kents, DC has given open approval to this current philosophy. Clark now has teeny boppers for parents. Cicero once said, Honoured old age has so great authority that it is of more value than all the pleasures of youth. Old age is the consummation of life. It is a pity that our society no longer agrees. 
And that's from Ava Abramowitz from Brandis University in Massachusetts. Really valid points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look at nowadays when it's probably more of a you know, oh, yes. cosmetic surgery and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And at least the Kents didn't go under the knife. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Editorial response to Ava's letter is younger the Kents are, teeny boppers they're not. Look at them again. They're certainly meant to be over 30 in appearance. Ed, okay, that's fine. Next letter then says, Dear Editor, I've just finished reading The Fantastic Faces and I would like to say that I've found the biggest mistake in over 10 years of reading your comics. Gosh. Hmm. I recall a story in which you showed the tale of Ma and Pa Kent's deaths. So does Peter, he was just talking about it. Mm. In the story, they were old and grey. How in the name of Sherlock Holmes could you miss something like that? Of course, I know you have an explanation or you wouldn't have printed this story in the first place. I just want to know what it is. By the way, this is one of the best stories I've ever read. And that's from Bernard Cicerlio, Chicago, Illinois. Editorial response. We do indeed have an explanation. As a matter of fact, several readers figured it out for themselves. And here's the best of the letters they sent us, says the editor. Dear editor, I really have nothing against the change of Superboy number 145, and the way it was explained was pretty clever. But for those who find a conflict between this and the story of their deaths a few years ago in which they were aged in appearance, I would like to point something out. The story began on the island where they contracted the disease, and though they hadn't found the contaminated chest, the germs must have been present in the area. Obviously, one of the first symptoms of the disease was an aging process. In order to fight the plague, the body drained off the youth energy the serum had spread through their cells, and so the Kents aged rapidly. And that's from Lewis B. Cohen from Baltimore. Gosh. The response to that one is, that's precisely what we had in mind to explain that seeming error. Lewis, you're either mighty sharp or you have ESP. Hmm. Hmm. I think if DC were doing no prizes, they'd be sending them out yeah. left, right and centre for this story. Yeah. That's about it, really, for this one. There's a couple more letters that mainly just talk about the other, the, story. the other stories from issue 145. The William Tell story, yes. Yes, yeah, Superboy Meet William Tell, so there you go. Mm-hmm. When we do our Superheroes Meeting Historical Figures podcast, we'll probably cover that. <laughs> I like the fact that Sherlock Holmes got a mention in one of the letters. Is that the first mention of Sherlock Holmes on this podcast? May well be. I don't know, Fred. I don't know. Superboy 145. Another little bit of a detour, but don't worry, yep. kids. There'll be some parallel universe, duplicate, golden age superhero type action along before you know it. Don't you worry. It's still a fantastic slice of comic history. I'm never going to not want to read a Superboy story. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As we've said already, you know, it's not all parallel earth duplicates. It's nice to know that you know that some editors were thinking, right, you know, mm-hmm. what can we do with other dimensions and the fascinating glimpse of this other society with their data receiving rooms and their the yep. styrograph pen and their tycoons that go for lunch and don't hang around for short meetings, you know. And their ridiculous accents. <laughs> Always a ridiculous accent. Always. So that was the reader reaction from the time, but you can let us know your reaction to this episode. Please get in touch. You can email us at theearth2podcast.gmail.com Make sure you check out our social media, folks, because there'll be lots of bonus material going up as per usual. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 podcast and on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. And it's the number two for all our social media. It sure is. And if you enjoy what we're doing, you can always follow the link in our link tree and buy us a coffee. And don't forget, this episode and all our previous episodes are available from our website. That's theearth2podcast.com. So, on mm. that note, I've been Peter. And I've been David. And we'll see you next time on The, the Earth 2, two Podcast. Podcast. Transmatter cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. I'll start taking movies to prove the sponsors that I hired young new actors for the Akeds. <laughs>
I'm going to Mario. I recall a story in which you showed the tale of man pants. Man pants? Freudian slip. 